get started. Thank you, everybody. This is fun. I really enjoy this topic today. I uh, One of the topics I like to do a lot is kind of look forward in the future and guesstimate where we think the stock's going to be by the end of the year. Um, do we think that it's going to get back to its all-time high by December 31st of 2022? What are the potential catalysts that will push it up there and uh, what are the things that might actually just keep it where it is now from today onward? So we can discuss the Q2 earnings call that's happening tomorrow. I would be so happy when that is finally off of our table. What's going to happen in Q3, Q4? We can share the estimates that Troy and Gary Black have. want to discuss um, Christian. You can share with us your view of what's happening with the economy. You're the kind of uh, we've been relying on you and your expertise in this space. Where do you think this is going to go by the end of the year? Is the stock split going to cause any kind of a bump up? How much do we think it'll, ha it'll impact? Uh, the Twitter overhang. Now that we know that there's going to be an actual um, you know, decision, I guess, there's some sort of uh, the actual court case will happen this year and the decision sometime. And then the investment grade, grade credit rating, is that going to even happen? What percentage will that boost up the stock? So are we feeling optimistic or are we still feeling pretty pessimistic of where things are? So if anybody in the audience has comments or thoughts about what you think is going to happen to the stock by the end of the year, please share that. So let's get started with you, Christian. I'd love to always start with you. Give us a high-level overview what's have been happening with the economy. It feels like nothing much has been Discuss. People feel like it's kind of status quo. Am I right? Or are there bombs about to blast in the next week or two? Uh, speaking about bombs, what's happening with the war? How's that impacting the economy? What's happening to infl inflation? Please give us an update, uh, Christian. Yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, hosting, Herbert. Um, yeah, a lot going on. Um, just real high level. Um, like we talked about before, the macro um, has been getting better, in my opinion. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and every week we kind of go over it. I've become very bullish over the last few weeks. We see the 10-year Treasury come down. So it's inverted, which can mean recession, but the economy doesn't seem that bad, right? The economy's actually, retail sales came in at 1%. It beat expectations. Um, we see the wars going on, but to be honest... I don't really hear much about it, and I'm really not super worried about it. We see oil coming in. They were the two keys I've been talking about, oil coming in and the 10-year treasury settling down. And those things have happened. We see Netflix from a macro perspective. Every earnings, the last two earnings, Netflix got destroyed, down 20-something percent, down 30 percent. Today, their earnings was so-so, but the stock's up 70 percent. So the sentiment has gotten so bad um, overall for the, for the markets that, uh, we we focus on Tesla. I've been saying Tesla's in the 600s was a gift, and you should be buying in here and not be waiting for a 550 or something lower because everybody's got so so pessimistic. They were waiting for those type of numbers, and we're in a different position, and that's kind of what's playing out. We see Tesla recovering. We see Google recovering after the split. We see these companies now starting to grift higher, and I think the market sentiment is getting less worried about things as we cl climb these walls of worry. Okay, so you, are you saying that you do not, I, I know you, you don't think in short term, but go ahead and, you know, <laughs> entertain us a little bit here. Do you not see the stock falling below 700 in the next several well, months? 
Yeah, I'll entertain. So, so I the six twenty for me is in. Six twenty was the bottom for me. Mm-hmm. Um, could I be wrong? Of course, but everybody was predicting. Forget technicals. Throw that out the window. Six twenty to me is the low. I've been buying aggressively in here, and I'm excited about Q two earnings. Um, what I've been talking about, I've been very consistent with this. Q2 will be what Q2 will be, right? We may get an upside surprise. Like you said, we see Troy Tesla. That would be an epic call of the century. If gross margins are better, that would be incredible in a quarter with so much headwinds. That would be <laughs> late out, right? Going into a Q3, Q4 record, that, that's what I'm talking about, the guidance. What does the guidance look like? How does the management communicate it? These are all things going forward that investors are going to want to look at. And that's kind of what's been playing out, exactly what we've been talking about. Right. So let's review that. So Q2 tomorrow, they're going to announce that. Troy is projecting that he thinks that the, um, what is it, the gross margin is going to be a 31.1%. That's massive if that's the case, because that was what it was last quarter, whereas the analysts are saying it's 26.2%, and the um, Gary Black says it's going to be 26% as well. And then in terms of earnings per share, uh, Troy is estimating two dollars and eighteen cents um, non-gap earnings uh, versus the street of one dollar seventy-seven, and Gary Black is a dollar eighty-five. So, if so, what would happen if we hit the analyst estimations? Not that I, again, we had the, there was a conversation on Twitter today that why are we even looking at analyst conversations? I think Tesla Economics was the one that he's is in the call here, was the one that's making me think about that too. But why are we doing that? But let's what will make the stock move up or down in the next week? And is that because if we hit if we hit what the analysts say, then it will stay flat. If if we hit over it, it'll go up, and then what will what could happen that actually make the stock fall? Or what's your estimation? What do you think might happen, Christian? So, well, I'm I'm bullish going into the call. Anything can happen, especially with Tesla. But Netflix gives me um, a good feeling, right? It was a so-so quarter, and it's rallying on 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 crappy earnings. If Tesla like you said, can beat by like 30 cents, 40 cents, gross margins are better going into a record Q3 and four as the stock has come in, right? Because remember the valuation has come in a lot. This, this is, this is setting up for Tesla bulls to be maybe the last time that you get a chance to buy at these levels. That's why I was been beating the drum in the sixes. Don't be scared about fives. Don't be scared about getting the perfect price. Oh, I'll wait for my 580. My five. You needed to be buying because this is what happens. We're starting to move. We're starting to run. And the market doesn't wait for the Q2 print. They're going to look ahead. And the Q2 is going to be discounted. And they're going to look forward. But if we do get a great Q2 earnings and on the metric side of it, and the business looks even stronger than most analysts understand it to be, then you could really get an upside surprise. And you could have a really, you know, a, a big rally. Okay, so yeah, you know, I'm going to bring up Jeff and Xander and get their opinion. But uh, what is your estimate of where you? Th- I know we're, we're still focusing on Q2, but I'm very excited. What do you think is going to happen? What's your bet on where the stock will be by the end of this year? Christian, again? Oh, me again. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to be somewhat conservative. I see your headline 1200. I'm not going 1200. But I'm thinking 900 
um, a thousand, I think is very doable just on a simple metric. You know, they do $12 in earnings and get an 80 multiple on that trailing trailing on, on, on the whole year. That's 960. So I think 900 to a thousand is reasonable. Could it be higher? Of course. Could it be lower? Of course. But I'm thinking that that is a reasonable position to end of the year because we do still have some headwinds. We still have the fed. We still have, you know, oil elevated. We still have some headwinds, but, but again, the business is going to push through, I believe because of the discount coming down from 1240 to the 620. Now you're getting in at much better valuations. And as the stock moves up, you're going to get more people missing out on it. And they're going to jump in because they're waiting for their special price of 580 or 560. And they're going to come in and, and we're going to go up. We go. Okay. Later, I'll explain why I think it's going to be at 1200. And I'd love to have everybody walk us through what they think is going to happen uh, through the year and how the stock will end. But Jeff, welcome to the stage. We are asking the question, what do you think the stock's price is going to be by the end of the year? But to get to that conversation, tell me what you think is going to happen next week with Q2, and then we'll go and discuss Q3, Q4, and we'll also talk about the economy and the stock split and investment grade, credit rating, Twitter, and other kind of catalysts or suppressors. So, Jeff, what's your expectation for tomorrow, and what can make the stock fall dramatically uh, tomorrow, or that is not even anyone's um, expectation? Hey, uh, can you hear me okay? Yes. Hey, thanks. Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for hosting um, this again. Uh, I, you know, I, I've kind of said it before. I think it's really difficult to do short-term, you know, yeah. day-in, day-out predictions on, on stock. Um, I mean, it's it's in a tight range right now. It's been in this tight range for a, a while in, on Tesla standards in terms of this trading range. So, you know, it's either going to break up or, or, or down. And of course, that's not the greatest... Um, you know, advice, but it's, it, it has been in this, it has been range bound, um, for a bit. Um, I, this is one where I would, you know, I would kind of use the three day rule. I, you know, in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, what happens after earnings, cause I think you're going to get this initial reaction. I, by the way, I think it's going to, it may be all over the place tomorrow. I mean, I think mm -hmm. you're going to, you may get initial reaction, then you're going to hear guidance on the call. And I think it's all going to be about how they, they guide if they're bullish they're like, you know, we've been through the worst of the supply issues um, and they guide very strong. They guide basically guide to record, you know, record Q3 and a record, you know, consecutive record quarters. I think that would be <clears throat> I think that would be received well. Uh, just speaking about Tesla, um, depends how they talk about the 4680 ramp or if they even break out. Um you know, factories or not, I think that could be, you know, potential issue, or they may come on and say, Hey, we're also through the, the, the kind of the bottom of that, you know, S curve of the 4680 ramp. And we're, we see the other side of it now. Um, I think that's, that's Tesla itself. I think so. I mean, short term, very hard to predict could be up or down, you know, five to 10%. Um, I wouldn't panic or rejoice either way. The, the macro, something on macro, you know, looking ahead to the end of the year between now, something on the macro side has to break. I think mm -hmm. the good thing that's been working in our favor is we're, you know, we're several months now into this bear market. And the, the more months you proceed into a bear market, the more months you're hopefully coming, you know, 
to, to the end of that market. So I think people have just been spooked and talked, you know, t- you know, down, you know, t- I mean, sentiment's very bad. Actually sentiment, I think is, there's some indicators that said it's just, it hasn't been, it's like literally like, you know, 2008 Lehman brother levels or mm-hmm. even you know, 1987. Mm-hmm. So when sentiment's this bad, that's actually a good sign. So you need something on the macro side to break for me to, for it to go back to 1200 again, like something, I don't think Tesla alone, it, it's going to power itself up to twelve hundred again. Something on the macro side would have would have to break along with it, and then, you know, Tesla's got to be unimpeded, and then there can't be anything really outlandish coming from this Twitter trial in October, which I think, you know, that's starting to become a lot more range bound as well in terms of what could happen. Okay. Yeah. So uh, to clarify, when I say I think it's going to be 1200, um, I'm thinking that that's going to be January of 20, the, the, after the Q4 numbers, and it'll be a, a you know last minute kind of last month rise up. But you you made the great point that as you we discussed last space, which is that it's the guidance that matters, and it's the 4680 ramp that matters. And I'm a little worried, of course, that when we saw Elon being interviewed by the Tesla owner Silicon Valley Club, that he was very concerned about the um, kind of the progress and the ramp up of the gigafactories, Texas and Berlin. And, uh, you know, this is his, he's been focused on that. Now, when he went on vacation, is that a sign that he feels like he's, you know, he's not sleeping there anymore? He's figured it out. So if they come tomorrow and they give guidance that they've, you know, they're going to see the ramp up happening in the, in the, the Texas, then we should all be very excited and things should move forward. But if he says, right, guidance, we write or some sort of tepid remark because they're still working it out and a slow, slow go at it. Then that's where you're right. It could just kind of yeah, stay flat. I, I like I like seeing him on vacation. I think mm-hmm. it's a, it, it would be a really poor form if if they have a, a crap quarter and really crap guidance and he's you know partying on a yacht. I think that would be poor form. Not not saying the guy doesn't deserve it. It just would be poor good form. Point. I, I don't think that's I don't yeah. think that's how he is either. Yeah. Uh, and then he's already you know he said he's already back on. Well, in, in the same in the same vein, when he did his Twitter Twitter break for two weeks, uh, didn't involve that. It, it appeared that he was so focused on the factories, and he and it was end of quarter. He didn't want to make it look like that he's doing anything, uh, taking his focus away. He wanted the employees to be part of it, um, or it could have been because of something to do with the Twitter, um, you know, lawsuit where he wanted to test to see, uh, you know, some sort of bot reaction or number of Twitter audience, you know. Uh, engagement when he's not part of the equation, those kind of things. I don't know. That's a total guess on that part. But um, so, th- you know, the thing about the economy breaking, can you give me li- just one more thing about that? What is it that you would expect? So, you know, we talked about, is it oil falling? Is it some, you know, I thought we got some signs that inflation's being tamed. Is it some sort of employment numbers or w- what are you looking for? Yeah. On the, on the, on the macro side, the, I think the number one thing would be the fed, um, hesitating and, and they're not going to come out and say we're done like they're not going they're going to say more they're going to say something along the lines of things appear to be more in balance than they were before and then you know now we're going to reassess it's not just going to be every time we have a meeting where we're increasing rates so i'm looking for them to come out with some sort of statement like that i don't think it's going to be this month i don't think it's going to be september but maybe i mean september is uh, a while away i don't think there's a meeting in august um 
So I, I think that, so once the number one's the fed, I would say number two would be just, uh, what's going on in Europe. Um, and you know, and then number three would be some, yeah, some sort of significant move either in wages or jobs. I don't, I mean, I don't know if you're going to see that and enough for the fed, you know, to move, but, um, I think it's, it's really the fed and the, and the war are the, are the, you know, primary things. And obviously the inflation number, um, you know, is a big, this PCE deflator. So this PCE number, I don't, I, I forgot the, the schedule when that comes out. That will be interesting to see. That's the one the fed looks at the most. Um, cause yeah, the, the, the number, the PPI and CPI we got the last two weeks was, you know, it was in arrears, right? It was June information and energy's come down significantly. I wouldn't say significantly, but it's not, it's not gone up and it's come down a bit over the last, you know, call it 30 days. So I think those are the, the things I would be looking for uh, macro. And then a sentiment, finally a sentiment shift. There, I mean, if there's a sentiment shift, you know, in the market where, you know, good news is good news when companies report. I mean, I think this Netflix report is interesting. I think they, you know, I think they would have got killed um, a while ago if they reported, you know, so the fact that, you know, they uh, miss on, you know, miss on subscribers, miss on revenue, but they BDPS, you know, and they're starting to say some of the right things. You know, if you guys remember six months ago when Netflix reported that bad quarter and even three months ago, I mean, it literally took down the, all the cues, the NASDAQ, everything. So, yeah, why, why do we care what Netflix is happening? They're a totally different company. They are, you know, a COVID kind of related company. They're, but, you know, what I mean, like if you were talking about a technology company, sure. If you're talking about a, a car company. Or, I mean, like, as an indicator for uh, the economy, right? What, why is Netflix one of the... It's a tell for market sentiment, Herbert. So if you see Netflix and investors are embracing a kind of a crappy quarter for Netflix this time and, and rallying 70%, it's a, it, it's a proxy for another company who has better earnings in relation to what Netflix did, that they're going to get the same type of response. So it's a good gauge to, to gauge what other earnings will look like. Okay. So Jeff, we asked the question to Christian, what is your target of what's your guess at this point based on today? What do you think this Tesla stock will be by the end of this year, December 31st? Um, I think we'll, I'd like to think I'm thinking positively. I'm a bull. I would like to think it's over a thousand. And again, I think for, for it to get, you know, over 1200, you'd want to see the Q4 report and you want to see some, some movement macro wise, especially Ukraine. Like if, you know, Ukraine's talked publicly about trying to bring this conflict to an end by winter, quote unquote winter. That would be <clears throat> viewed very positively by markets. You well, know. did you hear that the uh, a top level military person from Ukraine just as it yesterday said that he's got it? We've got it under control. That was his words. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's and it's tough to say that they've got it under control and see what's happening. But I, I hope, I wish the best for them, but I just, it'd be great for it to come to some sort of like, here's a deal. Like, yeah, you know, there's, there's so, really two or three uh, things on the table for that. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, I think Russia wants protect, they, they want, you know, they want some of the territory. They want protection of the Russian speaking folks on the Eastern side. And, um, 
you know, so, you know, I think it's a couple things and, and they, they want them out of, you know, NATO. Like if, if they could just agree to these two or three things, like, I mean, we wouldn't want, we wouldn't want Mexico or Canada in, uh, you know, a major, you know, uh, alliance with Russia. So, I mean, anyway, if that could get worked through by wintertime, I think that would be a huge benefit for everyone. Okay, so here, here's sort of my um, my guess, right? So I'm I've been the one that's most bullish of us saying that I think it's going to be back at 1200 by January, and now my previous estimate before all of this crap happened in January uh, to June was that it's going to be at 1500, right? That was when the stock was around thousand. So we are at 730 right now today. Um, I think that stock split coming up August 4th is the shareholder meeting. August 20th or 22nd is when the actual split occurs. What is our estimate of how much the stock will move because of that? I think the general uh, estimate consensus by everyone, including Gary Black and others, is that the stock will go up. It will not go up 80% like it did last time, special circumstances in 2020, but it'll go up. Uh, let's say it's $100. Okay, so seven. 20 becomes 820. All right, that's a conservative number. I do think that at some point, investment grade credit rating will happen. It may not happen in Q2. Gary Black said that it's a 50-50 chance that'll happen in August. And then a 50, uh, the other 50% chance it won't happen until the end of uh, the month after Q3 report comes out. So when that happens, let's give it another hundred dollars. So you're, you know, and I, I get you guys. I'm totally. <laughs> I don't, I don't like to think about the fluctuations. I get you. So now we're at eight hundred thirty. Now you get another hundred. Now you're at nine hundred thirty. We're we're Christian number level here. It's nine hundred bucks by the end of the year. So then I think that a Q3, if everything's happening normal and everything's back, barring no Shanghai COVID issues, no war issues, recession is tamed a little bit, all that stuff. Q3 numbers should bump it up yet another. So now we're getting it to $1,000 or $900 to $1,000. And then, uh, then, and then, and then Q4 numbers comes out January. It should be a blowout quarter. I'm really, really optimistic and hopeful that it'll just, they'll, they'll be able to show really good earnings because of, you know, they, they got the Texas, Giga Texas humming. They figured out how to continue to improve margins. It's both the margins, the earnings and the uh, the number of production of cars that they make. Those three, if they hit it at, you know, I think the numbers that everybody's expecting to be a Q4, what Troy Tesla said is 452, 452,000 cars produced. And that, you know, by the end of this year, he's projecting 1.38 million um, of cars. So if, if but what matters is the quarter. So if you can show 452, uh, uh, Jesus, why wouldn't that get you up another hundred dollars from there? So a lot of guesses on my part. I get you, but that's sort of how I'm thinking about it. Um, okay, I'd love to have Xander up here because he is the one that is willing to entertain short-term conversations. Um, so what do you guys think will happen in the stock split? What's your, uh, Jeff and, and Christian, what's your estimate of the stock split impact to um, the Tesla stock? For me, stock split is minimal. What I'm thinking about, everything you said was good there, uh, Herbert, but to me, it's all about biz, the fundamentals of the business. Tesla is about to go crazy. Q3, people don't understand what's going to happen in Q3 and 4 if, if there's nothing oddball, just normal activities, no shutdowns out of the ordinary. The operating margins are going to explode. Like They're going to be making 
four or five billion dollars and it's going to be a run rate on a year level of you know approaching 16 to 20 from from q4 so you could look at 22 and extrapolate this out to be 22 to 26 dollars or maybe more so when you when you think of it like that then you have a, a stock at 20 say 25 in in 23 if you put any kind of multiple a reasonable multiple of like 50 or 60 you have a 13 14 1500 stock on on a on a compressing multiple from 90 trailing right now about 95 to you can get to those numbers with a trailing of 50 and 23 so to me this is stock specific no one else is putting up record quarters in 3 and 4 of of the mega caps or, you know this is tesla specific this company is about to show the world what's happening what's going down their dominance in every facet is about to take place in this back half of the quarter and it's going to wake up a lot of people and it's going to be lights out and yet your price target is nine hundred dollars per share you you confuse the hell out of me nine hundred to a thousand i don't <laughs> hey, hey that's a big gain but here's why no the business i don't know if the stock is going to okay. go the roof, but I, I, i'm predicting you know up into that a thousand range but I, that was my conservative could it be higher of course but what i'm trying to what i'm trying to get across is the power that's about to come the operating leverage more cars over a fixed cost as berlin ramps as austin ramps as shanghai is going to do a run rate of a million and fremont's expanding 50 percent plus and they're putting up eight hundred thousand. that's just the car business forget about all the other excitement of of a robot demonstration and fsd getting better and the energy business uh, doubling over year over year all these other th insurance being talked about going to be in all 50 states by the end of the year what the reason i'm excited is because the stock has come in. If the stock was already sitting at 1200, I wouldn't be ex as excited. But since it came in into the sixes and now we're in the sevens, I'm trying to implore people that don't wait. Like this could be the last ch uh, stop on the state. Could it, could it hang here? Could it go lower on terrible earnings tomorrow? I guess so. It could. But what I'm saying is that's not my probable case. So what I'm saying is three and four will happen. And I think the market will react to it before the print hits. Okay, so I'm gonna. I've got two questions for you, Jeff. Um, the first is, what amount do you think the economy has impacted Tesla stock specifically? So, is it fair for me to say it was at a thousand dollars, the economy went to shit, now we're at seven hundred, so it's a three hundred drop. Not nothing to do with Tesla fundamentals. You know, you might say that it has something to do with um, uh, Tesla, uh, Elon selling stock or Tesla, Elon's uh, Twitter debacle. That could have contributed to it. Or how much do you contribute to e uh, economy sentiment impacting Tesla stock from 1,000 to 700? And then the second is your view of what you think is going to happen with stock split. Yeah, I think on the, you, know, you look at the NASDAQ, you mean it, I mean, it went at one point it was down 34%. From January third, I mean that's a huge move. Um, Tesla, you know, recovered. A, you know, I would say in April when Tesla was you know back up around eleven hundred, it 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 was doing it was outstripping the Nasdaq because the Nasdaq had gone down. You know, through the end of the first quarter, it was probably in the thirteen thousand range, maybe in April if I remember correctly. And then what's happened since then is the Nasdaq's gone down another, you know, twenty percent, you know, since since April or so. And uh, so the, the Tesla trades at a beta. 
Um, if you know, meaning, meaning it tends to kind of overreact on, on the good side and also overreact on the bad side versus, you know, the NASDAQ and the macro side of it. So, um, it'll be interesting to see here. I mean, we're definitely, I think the markets are due for a relief rally. It's just hard to time and hard to understand like what extent, you know, it would, you know, that would actually go to, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, the recession fears are still there. I mean, we're going to get a number, a GDP number. Uh, that's a big part of the, the calculation, you know, to a recession, although the jobs picture would say we're nowhere near uh, a recession. We've never seen anything like this with, you know, this low unemployment and, um, and the negative GDP for consecutive quarters. So it's the, the, that's what the macro environment to me shaves a few hundred dollars off, um, you know, at least, and, and it presents a lot of volatility and a lot of risk, you know, even regardless of what, you know, cause, cause you know, things will, you know, people will make up like, Oh, well, people aren't going to buy cars. Now there's a recession and there's going to be a demand problem. You know, that, that still even rears its head, you know, even though, people who follow it really closely know that that's just not the case. This move from, from ice to EV is, is secular and it's, it's not stopping uh, anytime soon. So, I mean, I don't know if that answered the first question or not, but I think macro plays a pretty, pretty big part. I think the Twitter noise is probably worth a hundred dollars a share. And and then you see the 20%, you know, decline in in NASDAQ. So it's, it all, it all kind of tracks with it. Again, it's been in this range, this six, call it 70 range to call it 750 range for a bit. Um, so it's, it's going to break. Uh, it's not going to stay there. It's, it, that wedge isn't going to last forever. It's going to break. Okay. And then stock split. Uh, stock split, I think minimal. If you look at what's happened with Amazon, Google, Shopify, all have recently split. Uh, Google did uh, Monday. I mean, it's early, but you know, uh, I think minimal this time, I think the five for one last time was kind of a big deal and it was a different time macro in the marketplace. Um, well, let's see. I mean, a lot could change in a month. I mean, we're talking about a month or so from now before we even see, uh, the split occur and, and a lot could change between now and then. And, you know, you never know, there could be something announced in the shareholders meeting, there could be, I mean, going back to the 4680, it's the biggest thing I'm worried about because mm-hmm. it, um, that will gate Texas getting the full capacity. And even though they're going to, you know, bring 2170s over and it's, it's a different line. It's a building a different car. Uh, what you really want is you want Texas, at least this first phase of Texas, this first phase of plant capacity you want it maxed out as soon as possible because that's when the gross margins will really start coming in. When it's running under that first phase of capacity, it's going to be bleeding. I mean, it's not going to necessarily be negative. It's just not going to be like a Shanghai or like, you know, I'm sure Fremont's having its best gross margins now too, because it's fully, it's fully packed. So, um, stock split minimal, um, but it's nice cause it's going to give it's, it, it'll make it a little Tesla is already the most active security option traded. Like it's not even close. Uh, 
it's always in the top three and it's usually number one. This, this just puts lighter fluid under that. Um, but you know, right now so far the market hasn't been super nice to the stock splits just of late, I would say. Well, this is disappointing. I mean, obviously, we, you know, different time, but remember 12 9, December 9th, we were all very excited. The Tesla community was just freaking out that the stocks, what was going to happen. And we thought the stock's going to go through the moon. We should have uh, split back then. <laughs> you have Jason, what's his, what's his name? Tesla, uh, what's the guy's name? But, uh, Tesla value analyst and he's like going is he the one that keeps saying 3x <laughs> Tesla with 3x by next this year um and now everybody thinks nothing's gonna happen and I get you it's a recession so people may not have the money or they're trying to savings and they don't want to invest but it's sad and it's only a three for one for some reason that's impacting people's perception and sentiment it's interesting that both of you guys don't give a lot of, you know, excitement that stock split's going to do anything. I, I think it'll do a hundred dollars. Uh, we'll see who's right. Okay. Yeah, I think, well, I think Herbert. I think the way you have to think about it, it's it's like what you said. It's it's sentiment. Back then, it was the market was going through the roof. Everything was hitting, and then it was like I remember being in that environment, and it's like. It was one thing after the, uh, the other. It was like, oh, this Hurts. great thing happened, and this great thing happened. Oh, then their five for one split happened. Like it was just one thing. S and P inclusion. It was so <laughs> much excitement, and Tesla bulls were so excited because the stock had done nothing for four or five years, mm. and then it just ripped and did a twenty x, and everybody was so out of their mind. And every little thing that was a positive was extrapolated. We're in a different time now. It's more muted. The market's down. People are just, you know, not into it as much. So that gets me excited though when that happens i mean there's opportunity because there's people on the sidelines waiting for more correction so uh, you may be right but I, I think it's more about what the business is doing and less about the stock okay no I, I i take that if you're an audience member you want to raise your hand join in the conversation please do that so investment grade credit rating we know that this is politically driven and it's a crapshoot we have no idea what criteria s p or moody's would do uh, we know that they're treating Tesla poorly as being the first trillion dollar company. That's not even investment grade, grade rating. Um, they had said that when Tesla gets to, uh, as long as they keep their gross margin uh, over 18%, and so that'd be great. So what would happen if tomorrow in Q2, they kept the gross margin at 31% uh, or as Troy is hoping that will be? And if that happens, I mean, you know, they, they still can kind of always diddle doddle and say and say, you know, there's because they got hit and ignore the fact that it was Shanghai COVID, all that. Um, I can see that happening, but there's a chance that it might happen in August. Um, if not, you know, maybe sometime this year. So if that happens, what are your both of you guys, what do you think are the your estimate of the impact of the stock? Me personally, I don't care about investment grade. That's a great thing to have and, and more funds could buy it. But I'm throwing all that stuff out the window. I'm looking at executing in the business volume of cars. Q3, get as many out as you can. Q4, get as many out as you can. Uh, next year, huge growth. Pro gross margins through the roof. Operating leverage through the roof. This is a profit story now. And Tesla has to show Wall Street that we are a profit machine putting up 
$20-25 billion of net income next year, and everything will take care of itself. Yeah, it's but all about that. You just said it uh, five minutes ago, where sometimes momentum helps. So any little things like a stock split, investment grade, credit rating, and then a Q3 number that shocks the world, that's much better than nothing, 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 and yeah. then a Q3 earnings. That report. can help sentiment. Absolutely. That can help sentiment. The only thing I'm trying to get across, absolutely, everything you're saying is great, and we've been all over all of it. Investment grade is a nice little thing. The stock split's a nice thing. But what I'm saying, the overarching thing is what will propel this company back into a trillion-dollar company is money is net bottom line, gross margins going up through the roof and net income exploding. If they can do that, that is the that is everything you want as an investor. You want net income to explode in Q3, Q4, and next year, and everything else will fade away. <laughs> I love you. Uh, Jeff, what's your uh, thought about the investment grade credit rating impact? I agree with Christian uh, regarding, you know, it is about number of cars uh, and just just revenue, gross margin. But but I will add to that. Um, I, I think it helps. I mean, it's, it's I mean, it, you know, f there are funds that cannot invest in Tesla stock without that rating. So if, if it brings what, what do you like about having, you know, those type of investors in is they're usually, you know, they're not turning every quarter, you know, back and forth and, and you know. So it kind of helps with with volatility, I would say, you know, of the stock. Um, but I, I have a different twist besides just you know the revenue gross margin side. I think it's, I think hopefully now this turns into a product story. And you know, you're talking about Q3 and Q4. We should be, you know, within six to eight months of cyber trucks rolling off of the production line. That's why I'm so interested in the 4680 ramp because if you don't ramp 4680s you don't have cyber trucks um and you don't have enough model y's by the way either um so that that's why to me this all comes back to that but it, i think you know tesla hasn't had a, a major new product launch since 2020 and you know we're, we're halfway through 2022 um so if cyber truck you start seeing more prototypes out there like you know, they're being drive tested, you know, in the Bay Area and Austin, I think that's going to start generating excitement. And then, you know, if that order window opens up, if, if they do a formal, the other thing is Tesla has, Elon has not done a formal design update on Cybertruck. So what are all the features? What, what, what has been done? He, he, they've been sitting back and watching the Hummer, watching the F-150, watching Rivian. And I don't think, I think they've changed I think they changed features in the Cybertruck 10 ways to Sunday to make sure that it is the best product. Elon has said recently it's <laughs> going to be the best product Tesla has ever shipped. Right. Um, that, as an investor, that should make you uh, feel pretty good. Um, that, that could be a huge moment. There's four years of backlog. Um, so... Okay, well, let's stick on that then, Cybertruck. So that uh, he's announced, he said that he estimates, this is Elon time, next year this time, so July of next year. When would that impact the stock? Does it have to happen on this date next year when they start rolling it out? That's when the stock will skyrocket? Or is it, or even the quarter after when they finally see the actual, you know, impact in number of cars being made and sold, trucks? Or is it the, the quarter before? Or is it, two quarters before I, I think there's so much intelligence now about tesla there's leaks at suppliers there's 
there's so much information. I think before, you know, it, as soon as they start talking about there's a defined production date, suppliers have started making parts, they're shipping them the Tesla. I think you're going to get a bump there. There, I think when you start seeing more cars out, you know, in testing, that will drive excitement. And then, yeah, definitely when they start shipping, like, you know, you, they start handing the keys over, you know, for production cars. I think that's going to be a very exciting moment for the company where I think we're with, hopefully we're within a year of that. I mean, that's yeah. me, very, very exciting. My brother, anecdotally, uh, you know, I, I've been an investor in Tesla for 12, since 2012. I had been talking like nonstop about Tesla, excited about it. My brothers didn't care. Um, but one of them decided to invest and it became an accolade of Tesla. And he and I talk every day now about Tesla. The reason why he did that was because the Cybertruck. When the, when he saw the, you know, the proposal for the Cybertruck, you know, just like the iPhone moment, that's what happened to him. So I wonder what percentage of Tesla's investors, it was the Cybertruck that got them you know, blow their mind and start to realize, you know, with the, with the uh, wait list that's happened for that, if that's going to impact everybody. So for me, it was model three. That, that was the, the turnkey moment for me when they were ramping model three. And, but for Cybertruck to answer your question, the, when everyone will get it is when you see those first Cybertrucks in, in the lot waiting mm-hmm. to go to customers. And then you see them on the, the first few on the roads. I think that'll be a eye opening uh, moment for the public. And, and that could actually help the stock. What is your estimate of the impact of the stock? And let's say at that yeah, moment, it's it $900 a share as per your <laughs> 900 to a thousand Herbert. Okay, right. <laughs> All right. What's the, the cyber truck comes out. What's well, your... I mean, the cyber truck's just part of the whole volume growth. It's just another growth engine. If they can throw out a few hundred thousand cyber trucks, you know, in the next, uh, you know, 12 to 18 months, then it's just adding on to Y and three and semi and the whole story just snowballs on itself, right? Like this is the dominant OEM of the future. And it becomes so apparent that you don't even put forward and GM even in these conversations anymore. And Tesla isn't a car company. It's a technology company that makes cars that sells insurance that 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 does artificial intelligence and then you put all that in a stew and you get a market cap of uh, of multi-trillions over the next few years <laughs> yeah and we haven't even talked about fsd i mean the cyber truck will arguably ship with production uh, full self-driving and just 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 i mean just layer that on top of yeah you know, everything that that product has to offer. And we just haven't talked about FSD. Yeah, it's questionable, right? With FSD, that's the problem with that one. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we're all bulls. We think it's happening. We're, we're testing the, the product. We think it's going to happen. But, you know, it's being discounted. Um, and we'll, everybody's wait and see. Um, well, remember, so, Herbert, you yeah. don't need, you, sorry to interrupt, but you don't yeah. need FSD to actually work. Because here's what will happen. As FD, mm. FSD gets better and better and better, mm-hmm. you have the subscription service. And you have the 12,000 buy-in, right? You'll get more people wanting to experience that as more cars are being sold. The mm-hmm. margins on the cars will be impacted by mm-hmm. that FSD purchase, whether right. through subscription or just buying it outright, which mm-hmm. again, will have a great impact on the business. So it does matter. Gotcha, gotcha. It'll change the gross margin to be even higher than what it is now. And then that will exactly. blow everybody's way in terms of uh, Q3, Q4. If- Plus the street values companies mm-hmm. with SaaS revenue differently than... Just hardware revenue. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the challenge for companies always is trying to. You're struggling. You know, for years, t- Apple was seen as a hardware company. 
a product company and they're trying to redefine themselves as a subscription service company. And it took Apple a long time for finally the you know market and street figured it out, then yes, they are. So Tesla's trying to redefine themselves as not a car camp company, but an AI company, as a subscription company, as an energy company, as a bot company, and all of that will take time before you know you have to pull them along with like teeth. Um so you know I, this is the fun conversation. I want to get back to this, but before I do, I want to throw a little boring idea here. Is I heard that if there is a stock split and that you get an investment grade credit rating, that there's a potential that then Tesla gets added to the Dow. And if that's happens, isn't that going to be similar bump as uh, what happened when we got added to NASDAQ? No. Or S&P 500, sorry. Uh, yeah. No. No, no. <laughs> Come on, Christian. <laughs> the Dow's a curse. If you if you if you look, um, when ExxonMobil came out of the Dow, I forget the company that went in, but they they their stock is tanked, and ExxonMobil's act like done better coming out of it. So the Dow has less relevance than the than the S and P five hundred. The Dow is price weighted, so it, it's kind of irrelevant to be honest. It's the the Dow thirty was the dinosaurs of the day, right? It was yeah. the old companies, and slowly they get replaced. But everything's price weighted, so. The great companies, if they have a high stock price, they don't go in there because the higher your stock price is, the more weighting that you have to the to the Dow 30. So to me, the Dow 30 is barely traded. I think it's called the diamonds, um, the, but the S&P does way more volume. So could it have an initial little impact? Oh, we got to buy it. You'll see a little blip, 4 or 5%. That's possible, but I don't think long term that that's a, a catalyst. Okay. Any comment on that, Jeff? No, I agree. Oh, man. You guys are both both downers at the same time as, uh, you know, whiplash there. <laughs> oh, Christian. Oh, my gosh. Hey, I've been really bullish, Herbert. I'm, I'm getting you excited, except oh, for my, my, my price target. I I'm learned my lesson with you, Christian. You're I'm giving you the fundamental case no, of why no. you should be happy. Forget stock no. splits. Forget okay. investment grade. These are all cherries on top, but yeah, yeah. none of that works unless the business comes through. If you get a stock split and you get investment grade and the business doesn't do what the business should do in selling cars and gross margins, it all goes away. Yeah, I, I've learned my lesson with you, Christian. You sound very, very bullish. And then we find out that you you have less than 50% of your portfolio in Tesla. So until you get over 50%. still a very large amount, which is still a very large amount. I'm not all no, in. I've never no. been. You know this. You just get <laughs> under my skin now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna, one day you'll say to me, I'm over 50%. And I want to know why you did that. Then that's when I'll be a little bit happier, okay? I got you. <laughs> Not that I'm trying to influence your decisions, because as we said, you have a very different approach. You're, we have different Let's personalities. So. I've never had a higher allocation towards Tesla than I do right now. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, okay, so you guys just poo-pooed that idea of the Dow. Okay, so it's all about fundamentals, so boring, and now we have to wait. Why are we always waiting? Oh, I can't it's wait till Tesla gets Herbert. Q3, Q4, Herbert. until... Yeah. Earnings are exciting. That's a Super Bowl day for me tomorrow. Even though Q two is a little bit of a downer because it's not a record quarter, that's exciting to go through the numbers, to go through the gross margins. Like, imagine if their gross margins, like, mm -hmm. like think of it. Imagine now, really think about it. If their gross margins are better and they're thirty one percent better than they were in Q two, or better than like like imagine that you had a shutdown for a month. You're ramping two new factories. 
if they could get gross margins better in that quarter than other quarters were unimpeded, can you imagine what three and four are going to look like in 23 and 20? Like that is the holy grail of impossibilities, in my opinion. So it's super exciting. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you guys this, if I'm right or wrong. I always love to do this. I put together a tweet where I, t I took a gr uh, graphic of a table where I showed the uh, all-year low for Tesla and all-year high for Tesla. And I looked at 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22. And it just so that the all-year low for the stock almost always happened in the early part of the year, Q1, Q2. So like February, March, April, May. June was, I think, the latest month. The all-year high was always October, November, December. And of course, people laughed. Some people loved it and some people laughed, saying, hey, you never, you know, you know, what a way to, <laughs> if you're using that to guess uh, the stock, the good, good luck. But I thought, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, the reason it's unique to Tesla is because this is a growth company, manufacturing company, just getting their legs under place, trying to create cars and then selling it. So uh, clearly what happens is at the beginning of the year, the prices, you know, people, people, people are just watching the earnings, right? And they're seeing the earnings. But at Q3, Q4 come out, they're showing that they're showing a growth, a significant growth that's been 50% year-over-year growth has been sort of what we've been seeing. And then that everybody gets excited, Q3, Q4. What are your thoughts on that um, forecast or analysis? I, got, I mean, I can, I'll start uh, yeah. that one. <laughs> Sounds like I, you're, you're about to slap me in the wrist right now. Go ahead. No, I was just, I mean, I, I actually, I, I've looked at that. I mean, June, um, <clears throat> June has not been a good month uh, for Tesla. Um, July has been, you know, mixed. August has been pretty good month. Uh, and September has been bad for text for tech stocks the last couple of years. Really bad, actually. Uh, I mean, like big 10% drawdowns and, you know, the NASDAQ. So there is some seasonality, um, to it. Um, I go back to what Christian was saying about just, you know, I mean, there is a setup here that is unlike, I think, what we've seen before. I think w when Tesla had, like, the Model 3 unveil, everybody was really excited. Econ the economics of the car and everything, the unit economics are great, but there was no supply. Like, Tesla didn't know how to ramp. They didn't have the right, the right factory. They didn't have the right setup. They didn't have, you know. So this setup is interesting because they've got, you know, uh, they've got, you know, the ability to expand in Shanghai and in Fremont two proven factories, you know, they're going to get tremendous supply out of both of them. I think the key is going to be, I go back to the 4680s and I go back to, you know, Texas and Berlin. As long as those factories are running under their, you know, phase one plan capacity, they're not going to be at peak, um, you know, gross margins. So they're going to have higher cost structures. They're going to be basically in a burning phase. The question is, is what level of burn, you know, till those factories get up to, you know, a higher, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, Texas has got a really, I mean, they've got a long way to go. Now, two months is a lifetime in, in ramp, in technology and ramp. So the last, I mean, the last time I've heard anything out of Elon or anything official on 4680 was that May interview. 
maybe they've had a bunch of, you know, huge milestones, you know, in June and in July, and hopefully that situation's improved. Um, but to me, it's, it's all going to back to that, but that there is a seasonality thing. August has been pretty good. September's not been very good. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the last couple of October's, November's have been good, but that, that, you know, we had events, right? We had, we had the S and P inclusion and some other things. So there's some bit of seasonality, I would say. Um, but now this is really all about the growth story of Tesla and 4680s and the two new factories. Okay. Questions for you, Christian. Okay, I'm questioning your $900 to $1,000 estimate by the end of the year. Okay, let's be put, let's put a little middle to that. That's $950. It, when we had two factories, the stock went from $700 to $1,200 back to $700. So we're ranging on $700, $1,200. The half of wave of that is around $950. So now that we have four factories, why are you still saying it's $950? That's a great question. So... That's a conservative. I'm trying to play a conservative. To me, that would still be a great, great outcome for Tesla to close the year. Anywhere in the nines would be great. The reason I, I say this is because I'm just trying to use the new the new market we're in. So I'm trying to give a trailing multiple, even though forward is what we're looking at. I'm trying to be conservative so I don't set my, myself up to be disappointed. So I'm just giving a, a, a lower trailing multiple than we have now by about 10 to 15 points to, to make sure that my margin of safety is correct when I analyze something. So could it be 1,000, 1,100? Sure. But the reason I'm saying 950, because I'm just giving it basing as Tesla matures and as people become more aware of the story, I'm giving a lower multiple to it. But as earnings grow, you can have a lower multiple, but still get major stock appreciation. So it's just real simple. 12, and I'm using 80, just because I, I like the, the number 80 right now as a trailing on 2022 earnings. 12 times 80 is 960, and that's how I'm getting that mid-900 number. Okay, that's fair. So, you know, when we had two factories, and then they announced that Gigafactory Berlin was going to be built, and then um, Texas. And then January, we were all pins and needles. The Tesla community can't wait until we launch these uh, factories. It's gonna stock's gonna go through the moon. Of course, the war happened, recession, inflation happened, all that was burst. We had the parties for Berlin, we had a party for Texas. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Sad, sad, sad. What will need to happen before the market investors will wake up and realize that there's now two new factories? So what number of production will need to happen for the two factories before people will go, oh, crap, they've, they've now got, they're going to have doubled. Or is it that the price was already built, like, you know, baked in where they had looked forward and they saw, oh, okay, they're going to produce a 50% growth, but yeah, I'm going to give them $1,200 or maybe none of that, all of this bullshit anyways. <laughs> Jeff, what's your thought there? Well, you have to go back to like what, what multiple is the market valuing companies at various levels of earnings. So, I mean, like an Apple got up to what, 20, yep, into the 20s, and now it's below. I mean, you know, like what, 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 you have to go, like, what is the market, what multiples is the, is the market valuing companies at? And what is it valuing the S&P at? Now, I don't like to look at things at totally like an indice level, but, you know, is it going to be 20 times? Is it going to be 18 times? You know, S and P earnings. I mean, what 
so you have to you have to start there and just understand like macro like what is the what what value is the market doing for growth stocks what is it doing for value stocks what is it doing you know for, for you know i i think that's just important to understand and so because what was a twelve hundred and forty dollar tesla stock price in on november whatever second or you know of last year um was a different mark the s p um i don't know i don't know off the top of my head but that was at just at a different time so again if if some things break you know favorably on the macro side you know who knows uh, so, so both of you seem to speak on both sides of your mouth. I'm, I'm being a little provocative of course i love you guys i'm yeah. just having fun but you know one point you'll say Tesla's amazing. They're so different than all the other companies. And then the other point is, well, de- you know, depends on what the market is uh, m- measuring on all these technology companies. And that's what we're that's why we're being treated this way, too. At what point does Tesla break through and it behaves on its own? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> OK, what? Here's a, here's how you think about it, Herbert. Here's how I think about it Here, for the room. Here's how I think about it. So Jeffrey's right about I look at it a little differently. Yes, S&P has a multiple. But Tesla is, yes, it's still a stock and it's still a regular company, but it's in a different world. It's going after a segment that no, they have complete dominance. Apple is a mature market. They're barely growing. Amazon is, they had negative earnings last quarter. Like these behemoth companies aren't doing anything. Tesla is a behemoth. It's it's not even a trillion dollar company. It's come in the valuation. That's why I'm so excited because it still has maybe 60, 70% EPS growth year over year. So when a company grows earning 60 or 70 and you put a 70 or 80 multiple on it, that's reasonable because it has a price to a peg ratio of one, right? If you if you have a trailing multiple of 70 and it's growing earnings 70% year over year, it's a cheap company. So that's what I'm saying. Peg had to be that's, zero, yeah. less than zero before it's it's a, it's a good company. No, not less. You want to be uh, like any, around one is a great peg ratio. Okay. Even even up to two in bull markets could be fine. But 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 what I'm saying is you can have a lower, you could have a lower multiple and still get explosion because the earnings are growing so fast. So I'm what we're trying to say is, and what Jeffrey's trying to say is, the reason we can't say it's going to be two thousand in, in a few months is because the market's not set up like that right now. The market is in. A little bit of a scary mode so you could have a rally but you're probably and i could be wrong maybe there is an explosive rally but that's not my guess my guess is we have a nice rally we're somewhere in the thousand range at year end and then next year could be another breakout year as those four factories ramp and as operating leverage takes hold and as cyber truck comes out and all these things happen as the energy business grows the mega packs battery storage then the earnings show up as $22, $24. And if you just put a simple 50 or 60 on that, you do have a $1,500 stock. What percentage of the investors, uh, retail and institutional, and I, you know, to what extent does the retail actually overpower institutional, are investing because they have a f- good understanding of what is fair value, not fair value versus sentiment? I say that because I have a group of friends, I went out for dessert, and they are saying that Tesla is overpriced, and that's why they don't want to invest. Now, this was before the fall from 900 to 700. Um, until you ask them, why do they think it's overpriced? And it's because, you know, they, the competition's coming, they don't have a low, low variant, uh, variant of the car. But just 
the sentiment, this just you know how people don't follow like we do. They don't know, but they're hearing, they're reading the articles on the paper, they're they're believing that they're, you know, all the other car companies are out there just kicking butt with all of their cars that they're creating and launching and announcing. What to what extent is are the investors smart investors based on actual earnings? Or what extent are they just, you know, we need to we need to you know have a PR company and try to shape the the knowledge of what people understand of why Tesla what Tesla's actually doing. And you still didn't get in the, get get them in the room, Herbert. Why didn't you invite them in the room? Oh yeah, okay. I I, I do that one day. I I yeah, that's well, we need to invite more bears. You're right. I want to hear their like we said, most times you invest the bears because they don't understand or they're outright um, have a different objective. Right. Um, I'll go real fast and then Jeffrey could follow up. So the way I think about it, we talked about this last week. It's very hard to for some people to wrap their head around, around growth companies. I'll, this is a very important part. Most people would never invoke, invest in a, in a company that doesn't make any money. So even if the prospects look good, their fundamentals doesn't allow them to do it, number one. So they miss a big run like Tesla or Amazon or Apple, whatever you want to call it. Then they have a problem because they look at trailing earnings. And when they see 100 or 150 or 80, they can't wrap around it again because they say, well, how am I going to pay 100 times for this company? Because they don't believe that the growth is going to be so great that it's mm -hmm. going to make those multiples contract so they never pull the trigger. So. Mm -hmm. The reason they can't do it is because they're not imagining they're not imaginative to, to, to value a growth company. They're too scared because what happens is when growth companies stop growing, they have major falls. So like say Tesla's Q3 and Q4 was not going to be records again. We're saying high shutdown again. Like that's my biggest worry. And I think that was a lot of the stock going down with the Shanghai shutdown. Say that happened again or say Tesla's demand, which it's not, but just say it did. Tesla's PE would go now from like 95, 100. It would collapse to like 30, like 20, quick. Mm -hmm. It would happen in like weeks because the growth is gone. And when a growth company doesn't grow, its multiple gets crushed and the stock price goes down 60, 70, 80%, as you've seen recently in the last six months. That's why people are scared of those kind of stocks. So if you don't do the research and you don't know what you're doing and you don't know that the growth is there, you can be penalized because the stock will get hammered if they stop growing. So that scares a lot of people. Jeff, why don't you answer that and then we'll uh, have RK come up. Uh, you bet you going back to your, your question, uh, your original question was around how growth companies are, are viewed. No, it's or? retail versus institutional and whether they're actually looking at actual numbers, fundamentals, or they're just, you know, they're, they're clouded by the, what 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 they're hearing on the news and not and thinking that Tesla is overpriced, which is it feels like to me that the average Joe out there thinks Tesla's overpriced. I will give you an angle that is not talked about widely enough, I believe, which it well, what is widely talked about is the competition is coming. What isn't widely spoken, and that is actually a big detractor for people investing in Tesla. If you, the number of people you talk to say it's overvalued, like the other, the next thing that usually comes out is, and then there's all the, you know, GM and Ford, there's all these competitive uh, announcements. I think the most underreported and the most underinvestigated thing is the lack of supply chains, very deep, uh, and EV, you know, EV tested, you know, supply chains. Tesla has the supply chain set up 
to run at scale. These other competitors can literally just build a thousand or two thousand cars uh, a month. Besides V, v I mean VW is 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 definitely ramping up. I would say there there may be a little bit of a product issue there of like do they have the right products? But I would say just in terms of the the rest of the industry and competition, I think the most undervalued thing for Tesla is that they've spent the last ten plus years building a real meaningful ev supply chain and they've built it the right way it's not super like layered and deep where it's like seven different um you know levels of suppliers all to get one to the factory it's very flat it's very vertically integrated so when you have these supply shocks or when you have these events right now where the industry really needs to have a monumental scaling event their supply chain is set up unlike any of the other companies. Again, besides, I mean, I would say Arivian, you know, I mean, but they're they're just they're just too early in their in their. But all of these entrenched older companies, I think they're going to have a real difficult time economically and physically converting to an EV supply chain. And I think that's underreported. Love it. You know, I just recently interviewed um, Brian from My Tesla Weekend on my YouTube channel. And uh, so Brian is very, very accurate when it comes to production uh, numbers of productions. He actually was even more accurate than Troy Tesla. He had only 0.3% off of Q1. And Troy is very accurate with both production and delivery. And one of the comments that somebody left in the video, which was very intriguing to me, was he said, why is it that everybody's tracking um, deliveries and production? Wouldn't it be great if somebody tracked batteries? Um, is that kind of what we were talking about, Jeff? Like, if, you know, if somebody actually is tracking the battery production and also what the future might hold because of the contracts that they have and others? Well, it's hard. To, it's hard to track that. But yeah, that's one example. But it's hard to... Uh it's hard to track that that that's the that's the reason why gotcha uh rk did you have a question to ask yeah i i, I don't have any question but i just would like to you know represent my view um mm -hmm. since last couple months right so i never seen this kind of opportunity before um where after you know they they declare war and you know entire thing got swifted and uh People are now focused about, you know, the oil price and every single thing, right? And I noticed that now there is a new tremendous, you know, momentum towards this, you know, new EV area, like, you know, where there is only one big player. Um, they are, you know, producing this is this thing in as a massive scale. And um, I'm super excited about, you know, in, in next couple of, you know, months or years or, you know, whatever, they have a great stories and, you know, this brand, what I believe, the more people they're going to try, you know, their product and vehicles, I think then there's going to be a big momentum. Um, so far, I feel like, you know, people, people, they have, you know, Tesla car, but I think majority population, you know, they are still, you know, owning the regular traditional, you know, vehicles. So they don't know exactly what's the difference between, you know, those two different, you know, vehicles. So when mm -hmm. this delivery is going to be out and people going to realize the, the massive difference between those two, those two things, I think it's going to be tremendous, you know, and it's, it's going to be, you know, multiply thing, you know, like people going to own the stock, people going to interested in this, you know, 
entire company and their future stories and products. So I'm super excited about, you know, next uh, upcoming, you know, days and months. Yeah, we need more bears. Thank you, RK. Um, Earl, my gosh, welcome to the stage. I've been hoping and <laughs> asking you to join the space for a long time. I know you've moved to Alaska. We are asking each person here on the stage, what is your estimate for Tesla stock by the end of the year? Uh, what do you think is going to happen in Q2 tomorrow, Q3 and Q4, economy, stock split, investment grade, all these things. What's going to happen in the next six months till the end of this year? Well, it's uh, it's nice to join in. Hello, everybody. Um, certainly moving so many time zones has changed uh, <laughs> a lot of my peer group on Twitter. <laughs> um, but it's it's been pretty great. It's nice to be a little closer to West Coast time in general. Yes. A lot of a lot of Tesla fans out there, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of mixed on what's coming up. I mean, predicting things is really hard, but um, I think Q2 might surprise in some ways. I think that um, some of the numbers are going to come in a little bit better. I saw Troy was posting some things today. I think I'm a little more in that camp. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I think a lot of that, I hate to say the word, but it's priced in. I mean, mm -hmm. they've been getting slammed and China was shut down and everything else. So nobody's really expecting much. People be focusing on margins and stuff like that. And also kind of ignoring Q2 and moving on to the rest of the year, which continues to be year after year, very strong. For Tesla in the second half. Um, my only concern really headwinds is just uh, just ongoing kind of market funk, but also um, what's going to happen with the um, now <laughs> seasonal um, COVID that comes mm. uh, during flu season. Mm. And will that, um, you know, shut some, will that shut China down again? Will that um, cause some parts problems and delays and supply chain issues? which could be a little bit of a barrier, but um, I do think that they'll finish the year out strong. Uh, as far as the stock goes, I, I don't really know. I um, wouldn't be surprised if we could set a new all-time high after um, the Q3 um, financials and deliveries if if things are really as strong as we think and if the market's recovering but man who knows with mart with macros right now i don't know when we'll, we'll kind of have this out of our system so that's why it's really hard for me to kind of think about where tesla's going to be what i do know is that you know this continuing drag on the stock it's just if you can is really the time to load up this is when this is what, when what do you think is the money. biggest Drag on stock? Is it is it the recession? Is it um is it the you know kind of a sentiment by people about? Uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I I think unfortunately, um, you know, Tesla continues to have this reputation as a little bit of a meme stock, so it does kind of trade. I mean, I remember when it got in the S and P, everybody was saying, "Well, that's that's the end of these crazy pricing <laughs> changes." But mm. man, that was wrong. You know, <laughs> Tesla continues to be lumped in with kind of stocks that are a little riskier, even though fundamentally, if you look at the fundamentals of the company, it looks fantastic on paper and is only getting better. They have this enormous wait list. They have an amazing margins. They have two fact, two new factories that they're ramping up. I mean, um, you know, I think the, the fundamentals of the company are, are, are great, but the way the market reacts to Tesla continues to me, maybe I'm wrong, but still seems pretty skittish in that, People buy in like crazy. People sell like crazy. You're still getting maybe maybe bigger jumps than I would have expected. 
um, as, as a company that's really maturing but growing really fast. Yeah, I was on a Twitter space mm-hmm. with you a while back, and you were very animated and trying to uh, argue, uh, defend the the Tesla against this massive bear. That was this I don't know several months ago, and uh, my <laughs> oh own, yeah 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 what was and, that? oh yeah I know I'm, I'm trying to look him up again because obviously he was dead wrong because you know the numbers came out. <laughs> it was like uh, you know he said he was saying that Tesla is not profitable, and is and he's and he researched it and analyzed all these numbers mm-hmm. and. Or like what? Okay. Anyways, I just remember you being very, very animated in your response back. But my own wife did not know that there is a huge one-year, two-year wait list, and yeah. that the demand for Tesla cars is so high. And I'm like, how did my own wife not know that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought I talked enough. But anyway, so my point, ask question for you is, what do you think is the biggest bear argument that seems to be winning? And is it the te- is it the hatred from Elon? Is that why? I I think that there's probably something to be said about still execution because you know they've floated so many products out over the years mm. between the semi, the roadster, the Cybertruck getting delayed, um, Elon's endless um, claims about FSD being right around the corner. Um, so I think you can probably spin that as if you feel like that's really connected to the stock price. So what they say is that the only reason it's so high compared to other automakers is because of this idea that they're going to build robots and have autonomous cars and these amazing solar roofs and batteries that are selling like crazy. Um, so, you know, I think that is a, I don't know, I don't hear many good bear cases, but kind of a semblance of something that makes sense at least. And then this idea, which has not panned out, but that yes, there is competition coming and it is ramping up. You know, we just saw the Blazer come out yesterday. And, <laughs> um, it, it does seem like um, other auto companies are able to execute a little faster from the time Ford talked about the Mach-E and the Ford F-150 Lightning to it actually being out to customers does make it look like, well, what's Tesla doing, right? They're fumbling or uh, Legacy Auto is going to continue to catch up. So I think that's a like a reasonable bear case. Now, to me, looking at the numbers and hopefully and, and knowing a lot of smart uh, people in the Tesla community valuations, um, you know, just on Model 3 and Y alone and the factories they're coming out with, I think fundamentally they're in great shape. And, and, and the EV space is so tiny, I don't see competition being an issue for the foreseeable future oh, yeah. for anybody. If you can put a battery in a car and make yeah. it reasonably priced, like, it's going to sell. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about that piece. Um, and I do not put a lot of stock in like, you know, well, Tesla stock is only high because they're going to have autonomy or something. I, I, you don't really need to include those numbers. Um, no. That's I say yeah. on the, if they pull that off, I mean, we're going to see, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it ramp up. But um, I do think that the Cybertruck is on its way. Um, I, I would like, I, I do think it would take a little bit of pressure off of the stock if they could maybe get some of these products out that they've been talking about, like even the semi truck or something that, um, and I understand with, with the, you know, COVID and supply chain issues and stuff. But, you know, when you talk to people, that is a, it's a reasonable thing to say, like, you know, here's Elon with this roadster. And what was it? 2016, mm. 17 or, you know, yeah. and like, where is it? Where's the semi where, you know, the yeah. cyber trucks delayed. So you, you could, you could take that position on it. Now I tend to believe, I think it was a really smart move because 
really focusing in on the three and the Y and building these factories and, and ramping up, you could see when the S and X lines were shut down, Tesla was profitable, right? So mm-hmm. that's what they needed to do, like crank out batteries, crank out these cars, be profitable. And hopefully as supply chain issues and things lift a little bit, they'll get to those other cool products. But I, I have I have no concerns that a lot of these things they're gonna they're gonna happen. Clearly the Cybertruck's driving around and that's gonna really punch some people in the face that are writing it off like uh, you know, Ford has their truck out, Chevy has a truck coming out. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. The Cybertruck is gonna sell. Just like the Model Three, it was the same thing. It's not gonna sell, it's too pricey, it looks stupid, whatever. It comes out and they, you know, they can't make enough of a Model Y. Well, that's dumb. It's just a fat Model Three comes well, out for you guys being all bulls you. you're making me have to wait till next year again and i'm like okay <laughs> i need some people to make me happy this year but uh actually yeah, i do i do wish nima i do wish that you are a bull a, a, a bear because we don't have any bears here are you a bear and can you tell us your logic <laughs> nima hello guy hello yeah how you guys doing Good. You have a question? No. No, no. no I don't have a question right up. Okay. Thank you, Nima. Go back. <laughs> that about <laughs> summarizes the bear case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you attracted the Earl. That's that's <laughs> okay. But uh, let's let's get back to uh, the conversation here. So thank you for that. I mean, I like what you're saying. Obviously, it all makes sense, but. You know, it's just that gets this whole thing again. It's like we ha- we all have to prove that Tesla can produce cars that can't wait till Q3, Q4, can't wait till Cybertruck. Here we haven't we been doing that for like a year? I'm tired of it myself. I mean, and then question says tomorrow, but tomorrow's the bad. It's going to be a bad quarter, right? So, uh, what is it about tomorrow? Uh, you're saying gross margin? We agree that if Troy Tesla's gross margin no. 31 comes out, then it'll go up. Right, but but no, no one is ex- so. A lot of stock maneuvering is ex- expectations. No one, nobody's expecting gross margins to be better than they were previously. Right, I have not heard that. I, I mean, I, I mean, maybe someone here and there saying it, but why would you expect gross margins to go up when Shanghai factory was down and they had to retool it up? Why would you expect gross margins to go up when you're ramping Berlin? If that's the case, I don't know that's the case, but I'm saying if it is the case, that is a shocker. Because then imagine what gross margins will be in Q3 and 4 when you have more cars mm. over the six months. That's why it's important. That means they're, 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 they're executing at a level that is incredible. And the other quick point, Tesla is the anti-stock. So Tesla always has to prove itself. The, the darlings of the stock market is Apple and Google and NVIDIA. Tesla is the stock that everyone loves to hate for two reasons. Either one, they missed the first run and they're pissed, and so they want to shit on the company, or B, or B, that they they're not going to participate again, so they don't want it to go up and everybody else to do well again. It's almost out of spite that they want it to go down. They're jealous of of Tesla investors that did well the first time, and now they don't want it to happen again. And number two, Tesla is going after a lot of the entrenched um, world. So the old uh, legacy car manufacturers like GM and Ford, uh, old insurance companies like Geico and whatever with, with Tesla Insurance, 
the Exxon Mobiles and the oil industry with electric vehicles that kind of puts them to the side, the oil industry. So they're going after so many entrenched uh, big money areas that Tesla always has a bullseye on its back. Yeah, if you were looking for a bear, uh, Herbert, you could have just dialed in. There's a Twitter space this afternoon that had, that I guess, was live streaming. The yes, I, I did. Yeah. I dialed into that. Every yeah. bear you could possibly imagine was in that one. Yeah. Now, well, we, we need to invite one or two. So, T, are you a bear? <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm not familiar with anything actually that's going on in here. Okay. Um, I'm actually an inventor. Uh, I have a pending patent. Uh, I was just going to see if anybody would be interested in investing into it. No, um, no, this is the wrong room for that. Sorry, T. Appreciate it, though. <laughs> All right, man. Y'all take yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Okay, guys. So let's let's end this with I'm going to force all the speakers to actually give me a number of what you think that the stock's going to be by the end of the year. That means you too, Earl. So uh, you need to come up with a number. Okay. So I still maintain that I believe it'll be $1,200 by the end of this year, December 31st. I, I, I did caveat that, that I think that it'll be that on the, the first week of January when the Q4 numbers come out, but I'll say $1,200. Um, so why don't we give you some time, Earl? So let's go, Christian. Are you still at your nine fifty number? I didn't you know, convince, yeah, gonna, I didn't convince I you otherwise. Now I'm going to have to say nine fifty. Okay, Just didn't convince you, Jeff? You said over nine hundred. Uh, no, I said over a thousand. So over a thousand. Go ten ten fifty. Ten fifty. Okay, Earl. Twelve oh one, please. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> Price is right. I like it. You darn it. Price and write me, huh? Is that what it is? You, Jesus, I need Kim. I gotta call Kim right now. Yeah, you're in trouble, man. That's it. You're in big trouble. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for this, uh, Earl. Please join more often. I know you have more time, so please join us Tuesdays and Thursdays at three o'clock. Everyone, please follow the. Uh,